Hey, Carl here. Well, you've heard me talking about my keto pasta on Two Keto Dudes. Well, now the day is finally here when you can put in an order for a cookbook that I'm going to deliver by KetoFest uh, all about keto noodles. It's Carl's Keto Noodle Cookbook. And you can pre-order it now for only 15 bucks at noodles.2keto.com. And if you can't wait and you absolutely have to have the recipe right now, you can get that too for a little extra money. And of course, you'll also get the cookbook when it comes out in July. Go to noodles.2keto.com and your life is going to change. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut. I went keto in 2016 to reverse diabetes and lose weight. It's my mission to spread the science of keto and to show the world how cooking is necessary for keto success. Oh yeah, there's always bacon. Bacon! Bacon! Oh, hi! I'm Carrie Brown and I also live in Connecticut, just down the road to Carl. I'm a trained pastry chef who went keto to control and eventually eliminate symptoms from bipolar 2 disorder and depression. I take no medications, I have no symptoms, and it's my mission to prove to the world that keto food can be more delicious than any other food you've eaten. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. And also our experiences reversing diabetes and depression, and feeling better than we ever have before. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. We don't give medical advice because we're not doctors. Although I'm pretty good at doctoring up food to make it taste scrumptious. (laughs) Yeah, we just want to share our experiences and review the research that supports it. Oh, and lamb chops! Don't get me started on lamb chops! Well, we share our recipes and any science that we find in the show notes. This is a science-based show with Carl bringing the body science and I bring the food science. Because cooking, and especially baking as we're about to find out, Mm. is pure science. So let's start podcast number 159, Low Carb Bread, with Julie Fox McClure. So firstly, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show? That was 158, Carnivore Physiology with Amber O'Hearn. Nope, no complaints, just lots and lots of kudos. Lots of love for our Amber. Yeah. Now, before we dive into our topic and our chat with Julie, let's explain in plain English what a ketogenic diet is. Right. That's any diet that puts you into a state of ketosis, where you burn fat for energy rather than glucose. And the way we did it was to limit our carbohydrates to 20 grams or less every day, one to one and a half grams per kilogram of lean body mass, and all our energy comes from, you guessed it, fat. Fat? Fat, 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 fat. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're just starting, listen to our Starting Keto show at start.2keto.com. Well, I mean, the whole what's new with us is one big thing. And we're just going to introduce Julie because we have so much to talk about. We can't compartmentalize it this week, can we? And actually, all I've been doing this week is drive. Yes, you drove to Denver. I did, from Connecticut. In what's the car's name again? Ralph. In Ralph. Yes. It's not Wreck-It Ralph. No. (laughs) (laughs) And we are actually in Julie's hotel room at the Gaylord Marriott in beautiful Denver, where we're at Low Carb Denver. And it sure is beautiful. Yep. 
And Julie's here with us. Hello. Hello. And uh, so just to recap on what we've been doing, we've been here at Low Carb Denver. This is the first podcast we recorded here, but uh, we've been watching all the presentations and they're phenomenal. It's just And they're three times the size here um, than they were last year. And the, the, the laundry list of awesome speakers and the like the brain power yeah. in that conference room is absolutely phenomenal and I'm I'm just I've been I feel so honored to have met people like Gary Taubes and you know had a conversation with him and it just Ben Bickman and Ivor Cummins and you know all the people and it's just it's it's been awesome so I was talking to the pope the other day and the pope said to me Carl you should never name drop but it, you can't help it. I had dinner with Gary Tobbs the other night. Right? Oh, my God. Pinch me. So you did the road trip. Um, the, I mean, we're just having such a good time. But we wanted to get Julie on. And we're just going to go right into this because um, you have endeared yourself to us as the bread lady. The only bread that I've ever eaten that tastes and feels like real bread, toasts like real bread, it is real bread, and it's made with yeast, and uh, it's amazing. It's unlike any other keto, paleo, low-carb bread you've ever eaten. But you know, before we talk about that, we want to hear your story. How did, first of all, how did you get into ketogenic diets and all of that, which happened obviously before you started making bread? Yes, um, I. I think um, the first thing that happened, I was battling with some digestive um, IBS type of yeah. issues. And at that point, I um, had pretty much tried going paleo, which was eliminating grain. And um, How many years ago was that? That was quite a few years ago. Uh, it's tennis. Tennis. I, I mean, even longer. Oh. And, um, yeah, closer to 14. Wow. And a lot of my problems cleared up. Um, mm -hmm. you know, no medication, this, that, and the other thing, but the weight situation was not clearing up and, uh, pretty much, you know, typical story of always feeling like I was struggling with my weight my entire life. Um, yeah. Can I, know. can I ask about the, the paleo that you were doing? Like what kinds of foods were you eating? Well, definitely meat and definitely paleo baked goods and yeah. sweet potatoes and, you know, there were potatoes and... Dates and sugary things. Things like that were definitely part of part mm. of our life, part yeah. of my diet. And um, I had heard of Atkins actually from my father-in-law. And um, so at some point, it seemed like it made sense to try that, try mm. dropping... The carbs and I, I mean, everybody has their different interpretation of what Atkins was, but it became clear to me that I needed to stay in their first stage of it, which is what we are calling the keto diet at this point, yeah, right? It's pretty as much, far as I can tell, yeah. pretty much the same thing, yeah, yeah, except and, with a limit on protein, yeah, right, right. And, um, what I also realized was because of my gut sensitivities that there were a lot of really weird foods mm. that were low carb that just had a lot of chemicals and oddities in them that were not agreeing with so me. So processed low carb foods. Yeah, that yeah. was not that was not making me feel wonderful. Well, you know the classic one is the Atkins bars. Yeah. I don't know, Carrie, have you ever had an Atkins bar? I have not. 
Yeah, they. I mean, I don't know what they're made with now, but they have maltitol in them. Yeah, and even guys like uh, Eric Westman are like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't like yeah. those. Definitely didn't work for me, but they were tasty, so you know. Right. But I, I pretty much started narrowing it down to the things that worked, and um, so I've been pretty much doing keto diet for over ten years now. I'm starting to think. Closer to, you know, 11 or 12 at this point. So it wasn't really obesity and it wasn't really diabetes that was a problem, right? No, it's not obesity, but being overweight. Being overweight. I mean, really being overweight. I mean, I, I guess it could be obesity if I, if I would say that I'm down 50 pounds. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. That's was... awesome. 50 pounds, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, going from paleo, which can actually be pretty high carb with the fruit and the honey and the maple syrup, the dates, the, mm. the starchy vegetables. When you when you went keto, was it gradual? Did yeah. you kind of go gradually or did you go cold turkey and then you still got the keto flu or how did the transition work? I would say it was definitely gradual. It was because there wasn't anyone doing this. There right. wasn't anybody. So you were like, like paint by numbers. You were just, yeah. you know, mm. like figuring it out yes. on your own. Yes. Which is the way we hope our listeners have done it too. We encourage our listeners to do what works for them and to test foods and things. Yeah. And you know how we're so connected. I'm up in Vermont. My father-in-law makes maple syrup. I mean, there's all these things that we all feel so connected to. Right. And bread. And how could I ever give this up? And, right. you know. Uh, so you really were a bread addict. I was a baker. Oh, I mean, I'm a, I'm you're a, a baker now. I, I am I a baker now. I was a professionally trained chef. I baked a lot. I used to make hundreds of pounds of biscotti. Wow. And I ate a few of them. So this is something you two have in common. You're both trained bakers. We are. I was super excited when I, when did I first meet you? I think it was at one of the mini fests that Carl yes. had um, last year was when we first met. And so it would have been rude if we'd kind of hidden ourselves in a corner and, and just chatted <laughs> about baking stuff. So we haven't done that. But I'm looking forward to to girly baker time at some point. Absolutely. So when was that moment that you said to yourself, I have to figure out keto bread? Well, I, I think I would be, I, I don't know if there was a moment, but basically I wanted, I, I looked for recipes, I yeah. played with things, I wanted something I could toast and put butter on. And right. I was, you know, I was missing that. And then the part of me that identifies myself as a baker yeah, wanted something to do. And so uh, that was uh, that was a while ago because I I was looking back at I put some dates on my recipe experiments and it was it it could have easily been twenty twelve. Wow. So so originally you were you were filling your own personal gap. You were like, I miss toast and butter. I miss the bready things. I want to make them for me. At what point or what was the, the catalyst that when, you know what, everyone else is missing this too and I'm going to do this for more than me, I'm going to do something awesome for the whole keto world. What what was that kind of decision like and, and how long? And just tell us about how that went from the personal I need toast to <laughs> I need to make toast for the world. <laughs> right, right. Um, I have a wonderful friend up in Vermont who is a nutritionist, and she was definitely early on to trying to get people to stop eating her clients with both 
um, metabolic disorders as well as all sorts of other grain reactions, she was trying to get them off bread. And she said, let me start buying this from you and giving it to my clients because they say that this is one of the, the weakest points for them. I can do this, I can do this, but I can't give up bread. So so you're, are you going to share the secret of, of Fox Hill Kitchen's bread? Well, I mean, um, you list the ingredients. Yes, all the ingredients are listed. Um, I would say that um, there are, at this point, similar recipes to be found um, on, on the, the World Wide Web. On the internets. On the internets, the interwebs. But um, I had this moment where I thought, I want to put yeast in this because right. it will smell like bread when it's cooking. Right. That and was the only reason you wanted to do it. I wanted it to seem it to and have a bread quality. Right. And lo and behold, it rose. Yeah. And, and, it, and we're talking almond flour, coconut flour, and... Egg whites and psyllium husk powder. Egg whites, psyllium and husk. And it rose without the addition of sugar. Right. Because the, the common belief is that you need sugar to feed the yeast. That's where the gas comes from. But there are small amounts of sugars in almond flour. Right. right. And possibly in coconut flour less, yeah. less so. But, I mean, there are definitely sugar carbohydrates yeah. in almond flour, and it, that was all it took. Yeah. And it rose. What was that like when you first took that batch out of the oven and it rose and it was spongy like bread and... I, I was just, I was so delighted. Elated. Just, like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like you're like me. There's been some recipes which have been really fundamentally that you knew were going to change the landscape. And it was just like this. I mean, I've cried when I've taken things out of the <laughs> oven. I remember when I first made my, my cheesy biscuits and I took them out of the oven the first time and I just, I cried just wow. with like, ah, it was just such an epic moment. Yeah, and baking is, as you know, it's such a miraculous chemistry, biology experiment. And when it all comes together and works, it's really satisfying. Yeah. It's really fun. But it's actually a very difficult recipe, and it's um, sensitive and fluky. And uh, Yeah, you say you have variations from batch to batch according to maybe the quality of different ingredients that you get from different vendors. Or the and... barometric pressure that day. Honestly, really? it really, the humidity... It, it really seems to be very, very sensitive. So you found that putting in the flagship product is the buns, right? Which are kind of like rolls and they, they poof up. You found like the perfect size and the perfect shape and you had to make them roll. Otherwise, they wouldn't rise right or something, right? I remember you telling me that. Oh, well, we certainly discovered early on that trying to do something like a loaf, we would just end up like a big crazy hollow thing and yeah, just it would be nuts, but. It's fascinating. I'm sure you find it fascinating as I do how differently non-wheat, non-grain ingredients work. Like yes. the keto ingredients, you can't just switch out almond flour for wheat flour or coconut flour or you just, it, they just don't work There's the no same. There's no gluten. So, you know, your recipe works great. Bun-sized, well, in what world wouldn't it work in a loaf? But it doesn't. Right, so there's lots of these kind of plot twist in the middle of, of keto baking, right, developing yeah, recipes absolutely. because something that should work doesn't and vice versa. Right. Which makes right. it fun. Right. I know sometimes we, I do strange things, like I would say abuse my product 
to see what will happen if, you know, if I, oh, what if I put it over here for several hours or what if I, you know, and amazing things happen when things go wrong. But it's so weird to think that the shape of a bun would work, yet the shape of a baguette or a, or a hoagie roll or a grinder roll, as we call them, doesn't. It has, I think it's this like molecular, circular blobbiness that it likes to have. <laughs> Blobbiness, huh. what a great word. Interesting. Is that a technical term? Yes, it's, it's highly technical. <laughs> but everybody knows exactly what you mean. It tends to sort of... It wants to be round. It wants to be round, yeah. 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 So do, I'm, I'm curious, do you, are you... Is this a home kitchen, like 58 trays a day? We or certainly have, started off that way. Right, but yep. now you're, you're in commercial ovens and you're in, you have a special space and... Yes, yes. We have um, increased our, our capacity... And uh, it's um, yeah, it's gonna, it's going to make a huge difference in our distribution ability. So you have a, a a proper commercial bakery. Yes, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And so the products exciting. are: you have the buns, you have bagels, which it, it's really funny. My wife Kelly calls her Julie Bagels, <laughs> <laughs> so it's forever known as Julie Bagels. Sorry if I got that out in the. I in the, love in the it. It's adorable. All right, well, anyway, so you have the bagels, which are everything bagels and sesame bagels, and then you have the, the rounds. Yes, because they're not true bagels, which you would roll into a log and connect yeah. and, you know, and boil. They're basically a bun with a hole punched in it. Right. And sesame, you know, and the seed mixture is put on it. Mm. And so we have this hole and we... Um, you they, don't want to waste that. We, oh. yeah, we, we just, we put everything to work and we've made tiny sliders and all sorts of adorable things with the holes and they're, um, they're, they're pretty versatile, even though they're kind of funny. I, yeah. I have to say that, that the, the bun holes or whatever you call them, Sliced in half and toasted, they are the single best liver pate transporter yes, on earth. And I've been bragging <laughs> about them, you know, I was bragging about them as the, the cracker replacement. Uh, you know, if you think flax crackers are good, you haven't, you haven't tried anything until you've tried them. I mean, you have to try these. Yeah, they, we, were, we were amazed at how when we, basically they're slow dried. Um, yeah. So they're not cooked more, but they're cut in half, and they're it's about oh, 200 to 225 degrees convection's quicker. But anybody can take any of these products and crisp them up, yeah. and they're so light and crunchy. Yeah, they are supremely crunchy. So if you're yes. a lot of people, one of the things that we hear about people missing on keto is crunch. Yep. These things are unbelievably crunchy. They are fabulous. And I want to also iterate that they don't come toasted and crunchy in the bag. You have to cut them in half and, and toast them yourselves. Yeah. But that said, you do have a whole other line of crunchy products. We have croutons. And, um, and they're already flavored and oiled and crunchy, everything. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. Yep, you can do Caesar salads and all that good stuff. And they're great on, you know, cheese soups and all that. And those, that's straight out the bag. You don't have to do anything with those, right? You can just, yeah, and you can take them with you and they're shelf stable. So they're... they're and they make great stuffing for Thanksgiving. Yes, they do. Uh, amazing. Really, really close to the, the, the weedy stuff we remember. You can pretty much just straight up swap them for... Your family recipe, right? And uh, also, when it comes to the buns, that you've been you've been sending me your like your rejects, which are flatter, 
right? <laughs> yep. And th- these are great for burgers because when you slice them and grill them like and butter, they get that, you know, the the toasted grilled bun thing happens. And they're perfect for burgers. And in fact, at Keto Fest, you flip them over and make grilled cheese sandwiches inverted. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you press them down. and So you have the outer, the inner edge becomes the the outer edge, which fries up very beautifully. So my own own personal favorite thing to do with your buns is just that the plain buns, I slice them in half, I toast them, butter, and scrambled egg. Because scrambled egg on toast was like, was a real favorite of mine growing up as a kid and the first time when I met you and you gave me like bags of things to take (laughs) home and I was there's a lot of keto products I get sent and I try and most of them are like "Eh." and then Julie sent me home with all these buns and I was like okay here we go and that first one I ate one and then I'm like okay I'm not hungry but I'm having another one with egg on scrambled egg on because like and I was reliving all the childhood dreams right there so that's it's simple but it's one of my favorite things to do with your buns is just scrambled egg for me on on a toasted butter bun for me it's the breakfast sandwich you know on a bagel or a bun yeah you know fried eggs uh bacon sausage cheese all of that Mm. Nice. And 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 so getting back to the crispy products, you also have breadsticks. Well, we've been playing with them. They're at this point, unless we get some really amazing manufacturing equipment, oh, they're okay. a little bit labor. So those were just for me? Yeah, we brought them to Keto Fest and oh. teased everybody with them. Because they are great. And especially if you've got a nice dip. Yeah. They're, and they're spectacularly crunchy. They're like Grissini. Oh, okay. Supremely crunchy and delicious. Do you have any particular challenges that you're trying to overcome right now in um, manufacturing? Well, we um, are definitely looking, working on a loaf bread, and I think we're coming very close to that. Wow. Yeah. There and is something magical about slicing a slice yes. of a loaf. Yes. And, and toast. Yeah. Having and both sides. I don't know be... what it is, but there's something different I about agree. slicing a loaf than slicing a bun. So in other words, in the test kitchen, it works. And you've been able to repeat it. And now you're just sort of tweaking it. Yep. We're definitely making progress. Wow. Yeah. And that is pretty exciting. Have you got a got a, got a birth date for us? <sighs> I have to just keep working at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely bring some to the next mini Keto Fest. I was going to say, can we have it by Keto Fest? <laughs> oh, I would hope so. That would be cool. That we would could be potentially awesome. do the grilled cheese with them. <laughs> Oh my God! Don't 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 even say that. That would be so great. <laughs> um, the, and speaking of keto fest, so at the last two keto fests, you made grilled cheese sandwiches. Obviously, we had a bacon bar. Many people were doing grilled bacon, you know, grilled cheese and bacon sandwiches. Yes. And we're 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 hoping that the keto chow people will bring a tomato basil soup. Oh, this perfect year. With croutons. And and dunking grilled, grilled cheese, cheese and bacon sandwiches. Oh in. my goodness! Of course, right. Absolutely. The only thing, the only thing we wish it was winter time, because <laughs> that's like wintertime comfort food. Oh. Yeah, but also on Social Saturday this year, we're see we're doing a lot more this year than we did last year. On Social Saturday, we want to have we're going to have the pig roast and we're going to have the chowder and the coleslaw, but we also want to have a, a cheeseburger grill. That'd be wonderful. You know, bacon cheeseburgers on your buns. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Now, you know, we, we did get some pushback from people who, you know, were a little porked out 
they want some beef yes. options. Yeah. So I think that may that solves the problem. That that'll, that'll be fantastic. So tell us how it works for ordering. Do you do you have a storefront? Do you ship? Do they keep? Do they like if people want to try these? How do they do that? Well, um, currently we have a functioning website, and people just go on the website and order. We ship anywhere in the U.S. And you can use our affiliate link, bread.2keto.com. So when you buy your bread, you not only help Julie, you help us. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yay! And um, so we ship anywhere in the the U.S. And um, if you're sure you like it, you can get six of any combination. Six total packages will give you free shipping, which everybody loves. And Any um, challenges there with shipping? Shipping is challenging. We're really um, focusing on getting into the stores and yeah, being there instead. But in the meantime, we just want as many people to be able to enjoy the bread as possible. So once once it's shipped, um, once it the the box arrives at your house, what would you advise people to do with them? Is there a special way you'd encourage them to store them? Absolutely. Take the croutons and um, put them on the countertop and freeze everything else. And um, the bread is very resilient in that it loses no quality of texture to thaw and be refrozen even mm. several times. And yep. I can attest to that. Yep, me too. And it thaws very quickly because it's actually really light. It's not like you're trying to thaw a brick and hoping you can have that for breakfast. If you take a, a bun or a bagel out, put it on the countertop and make some coffee, you can come back to it and easily slice it up and toast it at that point. Yep. And if you're impatient, you can defrost it in the microwave for like 30 seconds. There's that. Yeah. But how long, if, if someone doesn't want to freeze them, would would they keep out on the counter or in the fridge for a day or two? Certainly, um, certainly in the, the refrigerator. If it's deep into summer, um, we don't particularly recommend keeping them out. Um, the... The everything bagels and the rolls and holes have a little bit of salt in the coating, which we have noticed is a mold preventative. So they it, they will keep a little bit longer out. But we really just, especially when it's warm out, it's real food. And it's not even actually bread. It's ingredients behaving like bread. Right. Mm. And So just pop it in the freezer and call it good. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's bread. <laughs> it's bread. Thank you. It's the closest thing to bread I've ever tasted. That doesn't spike my blood sugar at all. I remember uh, Richard Feynman, Professor Feynman at last year's Keto Fest. Do you remember this? Yes. It's just like made me so happy. I want to put this quote up. He, he you know, he ate uh, the stuff and, and the, the sandwich. And then maybe an hour later, I think it was Brenda. It was Brenda. Went, uh, went up to him with, uh, Brenda Zorn went up to him with a glucometer and took his blood sugar. And it was like 80 or 75. And he goes, well, there is no glucose in that bread. <laughs> just like that that's just that's beautiful that's music to my ears oh you know that's the other thing i want to talk about which is you guys used a food lab to determine the content of glucose that was left over right you did we wanted to have a really accurate label and yeah. we wanted to not because we have definitely had heard of some of the low-carb bread companies out there possibly not having very accurate labeling and we thought that this is money well spent and we uh we sent our um, the, the straight up buns to a food lab, and um, we've done it twice. And the first time we did it, uh, they literally they were supposed to have the report back to us after you know two weeks, and they said 
something's not adding up here. We need to just keep working on this. They kept retesting it. They were looking for sugar, and there wasn't any. Zero. They couldn't believe that they, you know, as scientists and understanding what went in the ingredient, went went into the bread as an ingredient, had altered so much that the sugars were completely gone. And, and it was just, that was actually really satisfying and delightful. It makes so much sense because there's just enough to feed the yeast and then they just naturally and die. Gone. Yep. And, and that's it. How yep. long do you let the dough rise? Well, that's a secret. No, um, <laughs> honestly. You're allowed to have secrets. Yeah, you're allowed to have secrets if you don't want to say. We definitely let it go for easily a minimum of four hours. And there's a period of time where you can tell it's not going to get any poofier, right? Yes, there's there's a point. We, um, we use thermometers. Mm. You can watch it get up to a certain point and yeah. hold for a few for a few hours and then it drops it's really fascinating i love the science of it it's yeah. really fascinating but i've pulled off pieces and baked them off before the time is over the bread is a different color it's more golden because of sugar caramelization wow. and it actually tastes a tiny bit sweeter wow and it's really interesting it's all science people yeah this is so, so cool. And I hope that we've really um, encouraged people to... I, I, I not only want to encourage people to, um, to get your product because it's good for them, but also if there's anyone out there listening that has expertise in, you know, getting products like this in stores, you know, uh, wide distribution, that seems like your next phase. Yes. Because we all want to just go to the store and buy it. And I would like everyone to be able to go to the store and buy it. Right. So if you have anything to offer, just contact Julie at... Um, Julie at foxhillkitchens.com. So awesome. Now, we have a... Recipe! Could you say what to do? do for a little... Yeah, I've been, I've been talking about your fabulous chicken liver mousse pate on the show for probably probably Ever. way more than anybody <laughs> wants me to without actually providing the recipe but i wanted to wait until you were able to do it yourself that was very disciplined of you i know i i was very close <laughs> <laughs> on numerous occasions yeah. but you basically brought this down to a keto mini fest at my house a couple of times and there were it, it's downright addictive i mean there were people who were just hovering around there were people that filled up on it and then were like oh i can't eat the main dish raise <laughs> his hand oops <laughs> it's so good and and i found that when i cut out cheese um this particular combination of the toasted bagel holes halves you know, and the liver pate. And you even put a little cornichon on top, a little slice of cornichon. Oh, it's perfect with it. Yeah. It just sets off the flavor. This is my cheese and crackers now. So please Give tell us, us your recipe. recipe. All right. Here it is. I actually made this before I was keto when I was back when I was catering. And um, it was so fabulous. And once you've sort of gotten over the, okay, I can do this now. It is actually so easy, easy. to make. It's incredibly easy. And um, the first fun part of it is that it is pretty much 50% by weight of butter. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we're talking... Darn it. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. We're talking the perfect fat bomb, delicious everything. Um, so... And nutrient-dense. 
absolutely. Yeah, and and there are plenty of people who are pretty much on the fence about am I willing to eat liver or not that are willing to eat this pate. Yes. We've had actually at the Minifest, we've had like hordes of people say, I can't eat liver, but I can eat this. Yes. So if you're new to liver or liver's something you're a little bit hesitant to try, start with Julie's liver pate. It's very mild and very delicious. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so... um, Basically, I keep a lot of the final seasonings vague because I am a taster and I think that everything really needs to be just tasted and adjusted. Yes. So start with one pound of chicken livers. Yep. um, One pound of butter. Yes. um, uh, Traditionally, I would say a cup of shallots. Yeah. But you can substitute some onion and garlic. um, Right. You know, it's all good. Right. The traditional French... Approach would be yes. shallots. Lovely. Yes. I, I learned that shallots are a little more carby than I thought they were. So you might. They are. So so if you're really carb conscious, just use white onions. You white can onion, cut back. Garlic. I mean, a cup of shallots or anything like that, distributed in two complete pounds of fat. You're right. Is going to be it's on pretty, the minimal pretty side. Pretty good. And, and, um, and I can attest to it because I live on this stuff and my blood sugar is solid. Well, that is yeah. always the best test. Yeah. That's perfect. So um, I get this stuff called um, extra dry sherry. Yeah. Because I really don't want to be adding any carbs to it. You can definitely skip the sherry if you don't want to be cooking with any alcohol. But Can you use a little brandy? Yep. Too? Brandy is, that would be perfect because mm-hmm. that's even less potentially carby. Yep. So um, I have three quarters of a cup on the recipe. It's optional, so you can use less if you want. Um, and uh, so we've got a pound of chicken livers, one pound of butter, one cup of shallots or onions, small dice, but they will end up in a blender, so you don't have to go crazy yeah. with your mincing right. techniques. Um, and then uh, to taste, and this is where you might have actually come up with some numbers by now. Since you've made it, Carl, so many times. Mm. But um, salt, pepper, and thyme. Yeah. And um, uh, and then optional, if you want to sort of add some back notes to it, um, you could put in some allspice, um, a very small amount of clove. Yeah. And some people want to go a little bit more, I don't know, deeper into Europe and put in some marjoram or something like that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Again, go easy on those, but um, they can just, you know, add some extra. Right. Depth to what I, do you I use? Thought the time, I thought your recipe with the thyme, fresh thyme, was just the perfect floral note to offset the, the richness of the liver. Nice. It, it really does a good job of pulling that out. Yeah, so you can keep it simple, and that, yeah. that works really well. Um, so then a little bit of heat sort of wakes the flavor up a, a, a little bit. So I have, um, I would suggest cayenne or, or Tabasco, a couple dashes right. of Tabasco or something. You're not trying to make it actually spicy, but it no. just sort of... Wakes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, and then again, for more contrast and waking up flavor, um, a small amount of lemon juice mm. or um, a splash of um, whatever vinegars you like, as long as they're not sweet vinegars, right. um, that, that wakes up the flavor, yep. brightens it. A little acid. Yeah. And so then um, the last ingredient um, is uh, a quarter cup of heavy cream. Mm-hmm. And... You can play with your cream amount. Um, if you sometimes I've even skipped it. If I you actually skip omitted it, it 
And so you'll have a firmer product that you pull out of the refrigerator. Yeah, it's more cheese-like, I found. It's, oh, nice. it's like the consistency of brie. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and the only reason um, I, I, when I was catering, I certainly would put the cream in because then it's it's spreadable right out of mm. the fridge. It's you know it's a little more sort of fluid that looser. way. But um, so that's it's there's a lot of things you can play with and have it still come out wonderfully. Yeah. So do you want the method? Now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, you're gonna melt um about four ounces of the pound of butter that you have measured out, and um then you're gonna saute. You don't have to brown them, but gently saute the shallots. Um, and then you can add the salt and pepper and thyme. Um, and then you put in the chicken livers and just sort of gently cook them in the whole yeah. um, buttery situation. Right. Yeah, And it's only going to take two and a half minutes per side, right? I mean, you want to keep a little pink in the center. Yeah. You don't have to to, to gray them all the way through. And um, you don't need such a high heat that you're sort of getting everything st- stuck all over the place. So you just, mm. you basically get them... Um, nice and cooked, a little pink in the middle. And it's interesting what I did at this point is I flambéed the brandy. Oh, nice! And that that was really good. And that's fun too. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> now, luckily, I did it when Kelly was asleep because she can't. She would have a heart <laughs> attack if she saw the flame in the kitchen. Anyway, so at that point, um, you can lift out the chicken livers. It's fine if some of the onion follow along. Do you put it straight in the blender at that point? I did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you just lift them out of the pan, put them in the blender. Um, and you, I like to really cook down everything that's left. So the, the liver cooking juices, um, any of the, um, sherry or brandy that might Mm -hmm. be left. So I cook it down until it's sort of syrupy, but Mm. definitely not burning. And it really seems to condense the flavor. Yeah. And, um, so at that point you scrape all that into the blender Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I typically recommend that the butter is at room temp. Mm-hmm. If it's really hot out and the butter's too hot, you'll actually you could actually get it to separate. Um, wow! But uh, that doesn't happen very often. But I I recommend the butter being a little bit, um, you know, brought up to room temp. Yeah. So at that point, um, I turn the blender on and I s- just start dropping all the butter in and just piece by piece, like tablespoons or two at a time. Than, yeah, or even more than that at two a time. Three. Just sort of like a if you have a traditional stick of butter, maybe a half of a stick at a time, oh. and then just start tossing them in and yeah. watching it emulsify into a right beautiful smooth. And that's what happens. And then of course it's going to be loose right then, right? So you put it in a container and chill it. Yeah. Right? At that point, you have pate soup yeah and it's a really good time to taste it yes because at that point you might want to adjust the seasonings Mm -hmm. um add a little bit more of this and that and one thing that i i like to remind people of is that when you're eating something cold you are not going to notice the salt quite as much so i for people who are who enjoy salt i would say to make it a little bit on the salty side when it's you're tasting it warm. That was a great suggestion in your recipe, and I definitely did that. I went beyond what I thought was tasty, and it turned out perfect right. when it chills. Yeah, chilling always dulls flavor. Yep. So if, if you're making anything that is intended to be chilled for a significant length of time, when you're tasting it before it goes in the fridge, it should always taste a little bit more flavor than than when it's going to come out when it's chilled. Right. So, Or to get the flavor that you want when it's chilled, you want it to be a bit stronger than that mm. before you put it in the fridge. That's that's it. And so how long do you chill it for? 
Depends on how patient you are. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> so um, if you're in a hurry and you're trying to, you know, yeah. have it, bring it to, to, to your dinner party, you could spread it out in a thinner, wider situation. Yep. It will, it, and you're really just making it firm. Right. Um, I typically would put it in for a couple of hours. A couple hours, yeah. 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 But overnight, man, the next day it's going to be magic. And it does freeze and thaw beautifully. Mm. Um, I would... If you're going to make a huge batch and want to keep some in the freezer, I often pour a thin layer of ghee over the top nice. because I feel like it keeps um, it from oxidizing. Yep. You know, a lot of pâtés have like an aspic over the top for that reason. Oh, right? of course. Well, that's a great idea too. Yeah. All right. So I have an idea. And maybe you guys think this is a good idea. Maybe you don't. But we could go out into the ketogenic forums and ask people to send us their best sandwich recipe and take pictures i love it on julie's bagels or buns so what are you going to do a liverwurst and onion and munster cheese sandwich perhaps with a little mustard (laughs) are you going to do uh you know a muffalata sandwich or a cold cut sandwich or maybe a reuben or something i mean oh we have done reuben benedict that's what i want to see oh yeah yeah it makes a great eggs benedict base so what are you saying about reuben's We've done some Rubens. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Again, we typically will turn, invert the, so you slice the bun and you turn the insides to Mm. the outside, especially if you're going to grill the Reuben a little. You know, here's a trick. I don't know if you could do this in your your bakery, but I know you're going to now that I suggested because I know (laughs) you. Um, When I used to make oopsie bread, I would throw caraway seeds in in the batter before I cooked it, and that would give it a sort of a rye bread note. Is that something that you would like to do? I would I would absolutely consider doing it. We were talking to some of um, the wonderful people at Low Carb Denver who were tasting our products, and somebody was saying, this reminds me a little bit of rye. And I said, yes, I have thought of occasionally throwing caraway into that because yeah. it really, I, it goes very well with it. Wow. Caraway is a magical flavor, I yes. think. I'm, it's, it's a very special flavor. Yeah, it's very unique. Yeah. So there you could really do a, a patty melt or a grilled Reuben. Well, that could be in the loaf. Oh, a rye loaf. A rye loaf. All right. Well, you're going to have to go to uh, sandwich.2keto.com to get to that <laughs> to get to that blo- uh, forum post. And we definitely want to see your pictures and all of that stuff. And, of course, bread.2keto.com to get your Fox Hill Kitchens bread. It really is like none other. I really wouldn't do a product-based show Unless we really, really loved it and there was nothing else like it out there. And that's exactly what we have here. Carrie, I have a question. Have you tried making bread pudding or anything with the buns? No, not yet. Um, I I have a long list of things I need to do. (laughs) I haven't got to it yet. Bread pudding. Yeah, we've made some fantastic bread puddings with the buns. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And French toast and... Things along those lines. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. So, and you all know I'm completely incapable of lying. Um, if these buns weren't the bomb, then yeah. I couldn't say they were. <laughs> and they're really, like I said, there's really nothing else like them out there. Well, Julie, thank you very much. It's, it's been a pleasure been a, talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Carrie. All right. Well, that's the show. If you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research that you've found to support or refute, Anything we've said, send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com. 
and you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram at 2KetoDudes. Make sure to use the hashtag 2KetoDudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com and you can have a look around the ketogenic forum without needing to create an account by starting with success.2keto.com. Also check out our Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen, if Facebook is your thing. And if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, please consider making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. If you pledge $20 or more per month, you will have access to our exclusive Facebook group, 2 Keto Dudes Gold. And you can also see our podcasts and other videos, like Keto Fest videos, on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already two things one go leave a review on apple podcasts that's how new people get to know about what we do and then go up to ketofest.com and get your ketofest ticket so that we can hang out with you in july that's right we went live last monday and uh, it's already tickets are going fast so go get them ketofest.com Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. And ladies, keep calm and keto on. Keep calm and keto on, Carl. Keep calm and keto on. Yeah. We'll see you next time on Two, Two Keto, keto Dudes. Dudes.